probably did hate Mayo. And we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams. The Football Pod Live. Thursday, June 2nd in Castle Bar. Check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now. Now you're welcome back. So it does seem as if we're at that nice stage where the football championship is going to come into its own. This weekend coming, the qualifiers with Mayo against Monaghan, four o'clock Saturday. We have Arma against Tyrone, half past one Sunday. We'll really get the ball rolling. And as for the weekend that was, well, Saturday a write-off with Dublin and Kerry beating Kildare and Limerick in facile fashion. Roscommon Galway, three-point margin at the death, but really that game was over with 15, 20 minutes to go, it felt. However, in Ulster, we did get nail-biting finish. Derry won 16, Donegal won 14, and amazing scenes in Clonus as well. Conleth Gilligan, uh, part of the Derry panel for uh, a decade plus, is with us and I'm sure was enjoying the scenes in Clonus. It is hard to believe, Conleth, 24 years since Derry won an Ulster title. I'm not sure where that goes. I think you joined the panel a couple of years after and you played in the Ulster final of 2011, so you were one of those soldiers in between. Yeah, I joined the panel in 99, 2000 season, so um, Derry had, had lost um, an Ulster final in 99 and 98, so um, it was difficult at that time because Derry had still that feeling of all Ireland champions and they'd won a couple of national leagues and it was a stage where there was a good enough team to push on and, and for one reason or other it just didn't happen and 24 years was a very long time. Watching some of Derry's games this year, we're seeing at times brilliant counter-attacking football and half-backs powering through and taking their points. Whereas the game on Sunday was stagnant, it felt like. There was no injection from either side. Why was that? Tactically, why did it play out that way, did you think? Yeah, well, I think that Derry had an identity of how they were going to play. They set up against Tyrone. They set up against Monaghan. And I suppose Donegal had learned or tried to learn the lessons from what Tyrone done wrong and what Monaghan done wrong. And instead of going at Derry, they tried to replicate what Derry was doing and they just weren't as good at it and I suppose when they get bodies in between the 45 and the 65 there was no work for the Gareth McKinless's the Connor Doherty's the Potty McGrogan's to attack and run so it was a game of cat and mouse back and forward and, and everybody was just looking for, for who could punch the holes and there was wee moments and windows where you know the Patermong had done it for Donegal you know Ethan Doherty done it um, but there probably wasn't enough moments for the purists but anybody that came to that game expecting a shootout was it the wrong game it was never going to be that it was a chess match it was two managers who knew each other extremely well two sets of teams that knew each other extremely well from the previous year and Donegal just got over the line the year before maybe slightly lucky and Derry weren't going to make that same mistake so they had learned the lessons as well and it was always going to be that game and it was when you were at it it was very different probably from watching on TV you couldn't take your eyes off it there was so many battles going on so many different types of play and things that I suppose people in modern terms enjoy and like for anybody traditionally that liked football 20 years ago this wasn't the game for them mm. I can imagine the stadium it was even that bit more tense because certainly watching the TV what was just very apparent in all the decisions being made by both sets of players was if I lose possession here counter-attack is on we're in trouble I'm not taking any chances that seemed to be the air of both teams yeah, I think it was. And, and both teams were going to be risk-averse. You knew it was going to come down to, to small margins and, and, and fine things. And, and ultimately, it did come down to a series nearly of mistakes where Donegal got the goal from a ball in, which you know Lynch normally would have held. It popped out. McFadden Ferry gets a goal and then Donegal to get the ascendancy. And there's no way any team was going to cough up possession because the one thing they were both 
both needing to do was be tight defensively because McBurdy, from a dirty perspective, McBurdy, um, you know, and like the two, like a bad kick out, for example, and uh, Murphy caught it, stuck it over the bar, and then he, he broke into the 45 where there was a wee pocket of space and he kicked the point. So anytime Derry gave Donegal the wee inch of an opening, Donegal punished him, and, and Derry done the same uh, to Donegal as well. I distinctly remember being out and watching the 2018 All-Ireland Final where Dublin beat Tyrone and it was just very, very comfortable and Tyrone tried to play that style of defence. But what struck me as being uh, different maybe on Sunday is that uh, Tyrone that time against Dublin engaged with the Dubs players far deeper, like around the the, the, the semicircle, the D on the edge of the, the 20 metre line was where they really tried to suck Dublin in and, and dispossess them. Derry in particular engage much further out the field like they, they are wary they are they are fully aware Michael Murphy could stick one over from 45-50 metres so their first line of defence is high up they're not given easy possession anywhere inside the 45 Yeah and when you look at the Donegal team selection um, there was a lot of shock amongst Donegal people that, that Thompson didn't start the game because he was one of the players that could kick outside of that uh, press you know so like as he did he, he broke forward and just inside the 45 he kicked over a wonderful score and an injury time and whenever he wasn't playing and I know Pallermonga scored three points but it was a game that would have suited him Derry knew where the danger was going to be they knew that Langan probably wasn't going to to kick those big scores and they were going to keep him out and, and Derry got their matchups generally right mm. and again Brenton Rogers going to Michael Murphy um, whether it was by luck or design from a Donegal perspective that Michael Murphy played around the middle, it really played into Derry's hands. And I suppose in club football, the one thing that no club does is take Brenton Rogers out the field to try and keep him as close to goal as possible because he's got an engine that's second to none. And, and I suppose he wouldn't be that well known for, for, big, for taking big scores like the first one. But he is a forward in the Hurling team, so he has got a wee bit of killer instinct and he showed every inch of that on uh, Sunday. Interesting talk about Derry now. The question I'm hearing most people ask is, well, how far can they go with this style? I mean, what you would say is, first of all, they're hardly beating chumps to win the Ulster final thus far. Maybe Crow Park, faster turf, slightly bigger pitch goes against them. But you can also, like, Donegal were so cautious. They really were so cautious. You could imagine other teams, bigger teams, getting a touch more frustrated and gambling a bit more, being turned over and Derry sucker punching them the way they did in earlier rounds. So what's your sense of what Derry can do in this championship? Have they hit their ceiling or, or could we all be in for a bit of a surprise here? I suppose everybody was thinking that they would hit their ceiling after they beat Tyrone and they might beat Monaghan and maybe that Monaghan was a bit flat but they wouldn't be good enough to beat Donegal and time and time again they've showed that resilience. There was a lot of question marks whether Derry would be good enough when they go behind. But they went behind twice by two points in a game where two points was massive. So they've kept showing and showing that resilience and that ability to bounce back. And getting to Crook Park, there's a lot of talk that maybe the Derry system won't be good enough. I think this Derry team can evolve because the one thing they have, and they did try to do it, if you look at the many wee dinky balls they put in um, through Ian Doherty, through Connor Doherty, through Potty McGrogan, they were trying to pick the pocket of the wee balls in. Um, and Shane McGuigan, because of the sort of game that every team has tried to play, he's not going to be man marked standing in on top of the 14. So Shane McGuigan has been deployed out to the 45 in most games and somebody has followed him out. Shane McGuigan and Crook Park could become that traditional full forward again. 
And the one thing is when there's a ball put in front of him, if there's space, he'll win it. And he's deadly accurate because that's what happens week in and week out in club football. That's what was happening in the National League. So Derry have a wee bit more to their game. I think it would be nice if it would be a, a really winnable game in that uh, quarter final because while a lot of these players would have played in Crook Park individually, um, as a team, they haven't been there. And Crook Park does hold a lot of differences in terms of preparation, um, albeit whether you go down the night before, whether the pitch plays a lot wider, mm. um, even shooting is a wee bit different into the hill, into the canal. So there's things that this Derry team will have to get used to. But if they could get up and running with a, a favourable draw in the quarterfinal, I don't think there's a ceiling for them, um, especially when you look at Tyrone last year. Not heavily fancy, but once they got to Crook Park, they came into their own. And this Derry team, they've no inferiority complex. No. The likes of, you know, your Connor uh, Doherty's, your Potty McGrogan's, you know, and then obviously in the Slockdale contingent, they have regularly went to Dublin, went to Crook Park, and went two to two with the best. So I don't think there's any fear. Obviously, Dublin and Kerry are ahead of the pack. But since the league ended, they have had a very soft run in um, to Crook Park where they're going to be playing a battle hardened team that's came through two wins and that have serious momentum going forward. Yeah, real shades of last year. And I think that rear guard action and the counter attacking style is easier to pull off under pressure in big knockout games as opposed to free-flowing football on your forwards knocking over big scores and we really did see that in Tyrone last year so listen Conleth the Ulster Football Championship it's vibrant it's competitive we're delighted for you we're thrilled and we wish you well Uh, the rest of us though we're drowning because the other three are so bad just so bad Connacht was like half a final it was grand but really it was no good and what you say about Saturday I don't know there's no chance of Elock giving up the Ulster Football Championship is it just for the, the good of the country well I, I was in Crook Park on Saturday for the Leinster final and for about four and a half minutes it was competitive <laughs> and then Dublin got a goal uh, I'm not I'm not being flippant in that. Oh, are you not? Uh, about four and a half minutes Kildare started off and they won the throw-in. They went at it. They got the first point. Um, I think maybe McCormick or Cribbin got the first point. Cribbin, yeah. And it looked good. And then Dublin got a point. Kildare, another attack, kicked a bad wide. And then the goal came. And then Kildare. May have had a really good plan, but they never got shown it. Um, but you're right. The Provincial Series is not serving the majority of the teams well. Uh, but Ulster is no different from Leinster. is no different from Connacht and Munster those provincial councils do not want to lose that. No. Um, for me, like the, the last proposals, I was a fan of. I thought they good merit. Um, but the one thing I wouldn't want is to throw out the provincial championships for something that is equally going to be as bad because there's been mismatches for years. Mm. Um, they, the mismatches won't go away per se, um, but you just have to try and keep it more competitive. And I don't know how what the answer is to that. Um, the Ulster Championship, probably a bit like the, the Munster Championship in Horton, um every year produces something brilliant and yeah when well, you don't want to get rolled through the baby out with the bathwater there has to be a proposal that works a wee bit better um, and especially to try and bring teams from sort of the top end of Talton Cup level right into the All-Ireland Series because the gap is widening they were, you know Derry have showed a blueprint for how you can go from Division 4 Division 3 Division 2 and push into that Division 1 bracket um, and while they're not there in the league yet they've certainly showed enough in the championship but look it's the provincial councils. It lost the vote. Um, something will have to go back. Something has to change because, as it is, no, like I, w- I was in Thurlis a few weeks ago for Tip and Limerick. There were 1,600 people in Thurlis. And 
the game was competitive, but it didn't serve anybody. People didn't go to it, didn't excite the imagination. No. Um, you put that, compare that to Clonus. Clonus was electric. Um, I never remembered as special as that. And, and that's not just from a dairy perspective. The noise, the colour, um, but something has to change and it has to change for the majority of teams. Well, listen, thanks so much for the time, Conlon Gilligan. Thanks, Conlon. Thanks, Joe. And our uh, Gaelic football coverage here, Not the Ball, is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. You can check out hashtag the toughest for more.